Hello, this is Brian Foster, and welcome, welcome to everyone on tonight on Tuesday, August 4th. And if you want to comment on Facebook, please use this link, and uh, then you can comment because I'm I am coming through on both of them. So if you're on Facebook, please use this link. Let us start. Now we went and we talked about the officer and previous live streams. And, and just to let you know, live live stream every Sunday and Tuesday at 6 p.m. on Eastern. And I talk about different aspects of spiritism. And this book I am talking about now, Gone West, is not by a spiritist author. It's by J.S.M. Ward. He, he, he did it in the beginning of the 20th century from England. And this is his visions and his talking to his father-in-law, who also then introduced him to a man called the officer, who really wanted to tell him what life was like down in the lower and lower zone, which is called the umbrella in Portuguese, which is starting at the beginning crust of the earth up to the lowest level is heaven. And then the dark abyss, which, which here they call hell, but it's really a type of purgatory. There's no, there's no uh, eternity in hell. And it's all, it's really interesting. It's about his life. And I commenting on it since JSM is not a spiritist author, right? He's not a spiritist uh, medium, but there's a lot of interesting things that spiritists, you know, can glean from information from different people talking to spirits who are not you know, regulated by, you know, by the spiritist doctrine. And so this is very interesting. And his, his journey from, you know, being a very focused person, but, you know, not many morals, right? He just wanted what he wanted to the lower zone. And then, then he went, now he's at a very low level, well, not low level, but he's in the level of hell and purgatory, I should say. And he, in the last one we talked about, he's at the theater and he used his willpower to overwhelm the willpower of someone on stage. And then he became noticed by the emperor because anyone with the, the most focus in energy are the people who are dominant in here. Of course, remember the lower zone and in in the dark abyss or purgatory as they call here is, is, you know, might makes right, right? There's no such thing as the golden rule, right? You're there because you don't believe in spirituality. You don't believe in, in charity and kindness and fraternity and honesty. You're there because you weren't those things. You were not spiritual, you were materialistic. So. Let's get right into it. It's fascinating. Hide this and let's go. So the officer starts his, his uh, next conversation with JSM Ward. And he says, I do not think it is necessary to give you in detail all that befell me in hell. I set to work to gather around me a band of adherents. From them, I demanded and obtained absolute obedience, but I allowed them to patrol the streets in bands and attack and ill-treat all and sundry who fell into their hands. Large numbers of former brigands and pirates, together with soldiers of fortune, belonging to every age and country, hastened to join my bands. At length, the inevitable happened. I received a summons to appear before the emperor. So... This is typical of what I've heard from other spiritist writers. There's large bands of, of people that roam and cause havoc. Now, unfortunately, the people that cause havoc to are the ones 
who are there because they belong there. They're not there because they are nice people innocently attacked. They're there because they didn't have the capability to look up to the light and want to do better for themselves and other people. They wanted to take advantage of other people or they were so materialistic, they were still tied to the earth. And so here he is, a typical warlord in someone else's domain. Now the emperor is not the emperor of all hell. The emperor is, I think, I believe just the emperor of that city and even maybe just part of that city. So, you know, these people can call themselves anything they want. And, in our last episode, we've already said that the emperor was was an emperor of Rome. They don't know which one. And the officer asked, was that Nero? And he said, no, the emperor has Nero, and he tortures Nero all the time. So, uh, you know, my guess it's someone like Tiberius. But anyway, so let me carry on with what the officer said. I went accompanied by a number of my retainers. As soon as we entered the presence chamber, a magnificent but dirty hall, the emperor rose from his throne. This was raised up on a dais approached by three semicircular steps. He smiled at me in a manner which was meant to be engaging, but of course I could see the hatred and suspicion which, which was in his heart. Now this, is, this next paragraph is really interesting. This is what the officer said. This is one of the strangest things in that strange land. We still endeavor to deceive each other and even think we can, although we know that others cannot really deceive us. We see the thoughts of others, and through our reason tells us that similarly others can see ours, yet some instinct still drives us on to attempt to deceive all with whom we come in contact. Now, this shows you the habit of people who are not very nice, right? They still think they're in the earth where, they, where their thoughts are hidden, and they can act nice, right? Be, be like psychopaths and charm people. They can be very charming and yet get whatever they want, and they don't care if they throw the other person out, take advantage of them, destroy their family, whatever, as long as they can get what they want. And yet here, and of course in the higher levels and you know in heaven and so forth, again, you can see people's thoughts. That's why I tell everyone, when you're on earth, you don't just, you don't just practice, keep your mouth shut, and, you know, when, so you don't say bad things or mean things. You have to really, the, really, if you can start re- wiring your brain and think positive thoughts for people like even like you go past the street and you see these poor street people and instead of saying something mean in your mind and just say you know god bless you i know you're having a hard trial you know i hope something good happens for you if you can start rewiring your mind in that in that manner right or that person at work you you don't really like and you'd like to see fail if you can start thinking okay i hope they learn i hope they get better it doesn't have, you don't have to love them or, you know, kiss up to them. But if you can just start trying to think good thoughts, that is, that would just put you in such good stead you would not believe. So, and of course, the officer, just like Spiritist Writings, tells us and, and everything else, you can see people's thoughts. You can, you know what they're thinking. You can also see, depending on your level, you can see the past, the present, and the future of what's going to happen with that person, especially on earth. So then the emperor spoke, said, friend, you have already achieved much, seeing how short a time you've been in hell. Because I bowed, because your majesty has spoken truly, and I hope to achieve even more. He goes, even my throne, he murmured, but I assure you, you will not find it an easy seat. Still, the time has not arrived and will not. 
Come, let us be friends, you and I. We'll be like David and Jonathan, and between us we'll extend the dominions over which I now rule. If needs be, like Anthony and Octavius, we can later fight over the spoils as to who shall own them. For the present, like those wise generals, let us unite our forces and compel the neighboring princes to acknowledge our dominion. Behold, said the emperor, I will make you my general, and you shall begin your career by attacking an upstart fellow called Danton, who has terrorized an area near the confines of this city. It formerly belonged to another prince, but this fellow descended into hell even further. Let me bring this up. Sorry, there we go. With a large following and carved out this petty kingdom for himself. It is known as the Paris of the Revolution. So very interesting that, um, that this is what, what they're seeing. Okay, so we... So again, I don't know if it's a separate city or close within that huge city or just another little place within Hill. And I saw quite plainly, this is the, the officer talking, his real object. He feared to openly cross swords with me, yet he felt that my constant presence near him and yet independent of him was a danger. He foresaw that by this means he would at any rate get me away from the heart of his empire for a time. And he further hoped that one of the three things would result either that I should be defeated and made a prisoner by Danton, or that the struggle would result in a draw, whereupon he could intervene and crush us both. Failing either of these, he still considered the third alternative advantageous. This was that I should crush Danton and seize his precarious throne. In that case, he believed that I should be fully engaged in retaining control over my new subjects, and so be unable to hurt him. He, on his part, would merely exchange one enemy for another, and he might even find me so weakened by the conflict that he could attack and crush me easily. But I thought, saw through his real intentions, yet it suited me to agree. I, too, feared open struggle with the emperor. I know, know only too well what failure would mean. On the other hand, I felt confident that I should be able to th overthrow Danton and have and having added his adherence to mine, return and attack the emperor with a far greater likelihood of success. Then the officer said, I accept your majesty's gracious offer. And thereupon the emperor ordered a great feast to be prepared and bade all the court to attend. At this fe feast, I was the honored guest. Wonderful dishes containing all the manners of dainty were laid before us. But when we strove to eat them, feeling ravenously hungry and thirsty, there was nothing. The feast of Tantalus was no figment on the poet's brain, but a grime reality. Again, this is what you you also see. You can't really enjoy it, right? There's a the, the, there's the lack of enjoyment for uh, material pleasures, let's say, and that these things are are more thought. You know, these are more uh, thoughts than than in reality food. Yet, although there is food, and food can be made in the lower zone and in um, the lower levels of heaven, because people will still want to eat food. In fact, there was a, a passage on that in the book, uh, No Solar, our home in, Port uh, in Portuguese, and where the people still wanted to eat food, and yet the, the person 
in charge of the city kept saying, well, you know, this, you don't really need that. You, you know, you, you can drink water and kind of a broth and you get sunlight and your body is so much more energy. You can survive really with that. You don't really need food into your system. It's just, you know, but people get used to not being with it. So, you know, I'll carry on with the officer said. Yet, although it was hollow sham, the wretched guests were compelled to pretend to enjoy the feast because the emperor demanded it. He, however, scorning to keep up the pretense, which he compelled others to maintain, sat there with a sardonic smile on his features. I, too, refused to play the game and watched with grim amusements the efforts of the others to appear gay. Everything was but a hollow pretense. There was a large orchestra playing during the feast, but despite Despite their efforts, they were quite unable to produce any real harmony. It was simply a horrible discord, made all the worse by the fact that the audience were compelled to pretend to they enjoyed it. After the feast, the tables removed and gladiators fought before the emperor. After the while, female gladiators took their place, and these fought with a ferocity and devilish cruelty which exceeded even that of the men. I will not give in detail all the amusements with grace to emperor's feast. It will serve no useful purpose. Ex enough to say they included every imaginable form of cruelty and lust, and that many of them were perpetrated upon the guests themselves. So, you know, this is, you know, this is showing you this is this is the this is what purgatory or the you know, dark abyss. This is what it's like. This is not a nice place. People can enjoy themselves. It's uh, it's all a mirage of Shamira, right? These cities are are like the dredge of the cities. Andre Louis said, a a city in the lower zones, the dark abyss, is like a you know is like a, a, a an old ancient city hundreds of year hundreds of year ago with you know slaves and and dirtiness and you know no sewage right you know, there's no sewage there but it's just it's just it's you know it's not organized nicely it's not painted correctly and of course these people who think they look good too right because they in their own minds they think that they look good but actually they their own personality comes out amongst themselves and they will not they will look misshapen their clothes will look worn and torn and the the truth the truth shines out from them they can't they can't stop that whereas when you go to heaven and as we talked about on our sundays we're talking we've been talking lately about uh, a young lady's impressions in the one of the first cities in heaven where people appear you know most people appear beautiful because you you look as you think you should look in heaven and your parispirit then corresponds to what your desires are. And so your skin becomes good. And, they, and the spirits tell us, and in, in, in the spiritist literature I've read, especially ones by the Jivao Owen, that if you're older, when you die, you become younger. And if you're younger, you become a little bit older. So you're all within wherever you think you should be. Some people like to see themselves in the 20s, 30s, 40s. And I've heard some spirits say, you know, have a little bit of gray in the hair to make them look distinguished. It's how you want to look. And, of course, the same thing here in the dark abyss or in purgatory. Of course, they think they look better, but, you know, it's it's all it's all a bit. It's not what the, it, they don't have the consistency and the force of will to 
are i shouldn't say that they have force of will but they don't have the spirituality there to make them look beautiful so soon after we left the feast i sent out some of my retainers to issue a proclamation calling for volunteers this brought in a considerable number having mustered these i commenced the route march through the city towards a district over which danton was supreme as we marched, thousands flocked to our standards and at length reached an open space which looked like a piece of waste ground, such as one used to see in and near great cities. I halted and then began to divide them into squad squadrons and companies. Such a motley crowd, men of all ages and times, were gathered there. Ancient Roman gladiators, crusaders, robin barons of the Middle Ages, Chinese pirates, English buccaneers, soldiers of fortune from every corner of the earth, Turks, Bulgars, there they stood and yelled in wild excitement, shouting and be led against the enemy. At times they varied this by fighting amongst themselves. So again, this is, you know, this is the, a, a, a robber baron or a warlord with a, a bunch of, you know, not nice people working for him. You know, you, you get what you get when you're in one of the levels of hell. So they said, Gradually, I sorted them into divisions and placed these under officers. Thus, I grouped the medieval knights into two, two huge masses and divided each mass into regiments and companies. Similarly, I organized the gladiators, the buccaneers, and indeed, all these various constituents and produced in the end a very service, for a serviceable army. Its great fault was an almost utter lack of discipline, but this was replaced by the dominating will of the officers I had appointed. Of course, these were cons constantly conspiring against me, and I had to always be prepared to crush a mutiny first in one part of the army and then in the other. So this is what you get, right? If you are completely materialistic and you want to take advantage of others, this is where you go. Now, this is not punishment to go into you know, the dark abyss or this purgatory. This is a teaching moment. This is for you to understand and learn. Okay, if you want to be that way, what is life like when you're with all the other people that are just like you? Now, many of these people go, okay, that's fine. I want everyone just to be as mean and undisciplined and, and selfish as I am. And But eventually, as we're told by spirits, eventually everybody there gets tired of it. Now, I have heard reports of people being in there for like 10,000 years. So imagine that being on earth 10,000 years ago, be, before our, our, you know, our currently recorded history. Now I've, you know, I've read in spiritist literature from G. Val Owen. I've talked about that in how we are guided, guided by spirits. And also in the book, um, uh, on the way to the light and by the spirit Emmanuel that we've had, We've had higher civilizations on Earth before, but they were wiped out. Uh, the Atlanteans and the Lemurians, and there were others, they said that they're not going to tell us who they were, but they were there. They actually, I read once where the Atlanteans actually had a sort of a laser and radio, kind of a radar or radio type capability. So they, they were very well advanced. That's why. You know, in the 19, uh, after 1969, when men went to the moon, Chico talked about the fact that the spirit world was worried that we, again, the earth, the civilization on earth had advanced their technology above their spirituality. 
in fact, you know, because, you, you know, just like here, you're, I'm reading here, what all these people want to do is fight is when you have technology, you just want to create that and create military technology and take over other people. So Shiko said what he heard is Jesus Christ, who is our governor of our planet and other planets besides said, look, let's give the earth 50 years. If, they, if there's no nuclear war, then we'll start our, you know, we will start the next phase. We won't wipe it out. But if there is nuclear war in those 50 years, then we will wipe out civilization and it will have to grow again. That's very interesting what Chico said about this. And I have a whole articles on that. It's in my book. Uh, and it's also, uh, I have that on YouTube on one of my videos on YouTube. But what they said would happen is the northern hemisphere would just really be wiped out. Probably things like, you know, the Yellowstone, you know, the big lava thing under Yellowstone would, would go and all sorts of these things would happen. And that uh, Europe and United States and Russia and, and China would have to take over parts of Africa and Latin America. And he said that Brazil would be organized, I think, in like three different areas. Part of it controlled by the America, part of it controlled by China, I think and part of it controlled by Europe, if I remember correctly. And that then we'd have to, you know, rise up and, you know, learn our lesson. But this is how it works. This like, you know, the spirit world destroyed the Roman civilization and sent these people back to the Middle Ages. So this is what happens. But I can say this now is we passed the 50 years, right? The 50 years were up in 2019 in July. Well, it's been over a year, so... Things are going to happen, and in fact, Chico said that after that 50 years was over and we made it okay, we would then really understand and be visited by aliens. Now, I shouldn't say visited because I think they've always been here watching us, but I think then the spirit world will say, okay, yes, you can introduce yourselves. Because this is what I want to make clear to everybody. When aliens come here, they'll be spiritists. They'll understand the spirit world. They will know and they know that they're not allowed to reveal themselves on earth until they've gotten the go ahead from the spirit realm because all these people are in that are in our current physical universe and they know who they take orders from they know who they communicate and they know that they go back to the spirit universe and that's what the spirit world does is they don't let them rise up too high without being a, a, a better place. Although Chico did say there are some aliens that like to take advantage of people. So evidently it's not a perfect thing. So we shall see. It'd be interesting. So then he says, I'll go back to the officer. Nevertheless, my will being, as you know, a remarkably strong one, I was able to dominate and lead this large force numbering over a quarter of a million we proceeded on our way, the troops acting as they went, in the most approved style of the worst kind of soldiery. That is, they broke into the houses as they passed. Exactly. Plundering and ill-treating the inhabitants. One particular fact, which I noticed, was that they seemed unable to retain possession of what they had stolen. Once they got it, it ceased to interest them and was thrown aside almost directly. When we reached the confines of the district held by Danton, I sent forward a scouting party who soon returned, dragging several men with them. They, those wore the costume in vogue at the time of the revolution. It must be the, the French Revolution, because it was also called, it's called the Paris, right? And from there, I gathered a great deal of information. Of course, they tried to deceive me, but as, as I could see their thoughts, it failed, as it always does here in the spirit world. 
These are people who lived during the revolution in France. Some of them were the supporters of Danton. Okay, so Danton. Uh, Danton, I don't remember that name, the French Revolution, but it could be a different name now, but I'm sure he was one of the leaders of the revolution. Others were his opponents. Your chief amusement is the guillotine, but since the object of that was to produce a quick and comparatively painless death, they have slightly altered the procedure of an execution. Of course, there is no death in hell, and their object is to inflict as much pain as possible. Therefore, they place the victim on a board and slide that board under the guillotine, the man's feet instead of his head being in front towards the crowd. The blade rises and falls a dozen times or more and cuts the victims in slices. The man suffers pain similar to that which he would have felt on earth, but the severed parts kept reunited. He thus suffers over and over again all the agonies of death, but without the help of the great benefactor who on earth puts some limit to the pain man can endure. So, again, tells it we are immortal. We cannot die. That's why no one should be afraid of death on earth. When you die, and, and Leon Denis says, actually dying is the great thing. You know, it's, you actually have more problems during birth. It's kind of more like surprising. Here you are in this world. You're not in the spirit world anymore. And in death, you're back in the spirit world. And especially death is wonderful. Uh, is because you're back, if you go into the levels of heaven, you're back into this loving environment with past friends and family are all there to greet you and say, hey, you've done well, or oh, you could have done better, right? Because you always review what you did upon death. And there's and so there's even in other spiritual writings to talk about people when you suffer these type of pains, right? When someone like stabs you or something like that, you think you are hurt. This one higher spirit said this, this lower spirit climbed up to one of the lower levels and then he like fell down this cliff and he thought he was unconscious, right? So he kind of was laid there unconscious and, and the spirit says, well, you know, really he would have been fine, <laughs> but he thought since he fell, he must have been hurt. So it shows you the domination of our thoughts over our action. And of course, and this is really, as I talked about earlier, is, you know, rewire your brain is thought is action in the spirit world. In the levels of heaven, as you go higher and higher, everything is a mental construct. And you will be taught, if you so choose to go to school and learn these things, you will be taught how to create buildings, how to create environments, how to create lakes and trees and, you know, statues and all of that. You will be taught how to take together the universal fluid and bring that and make that an object. Now, there in my books, I talk about how a group of spirits will come, and as an example, they'll make a temple that people will go, and they'll be, you know, the waters will be on them, make them feel better, and it'll be a meeting place also. And a group of spirits will get together. They'll have like a maybe a higher spiritual lord kind of lead them, and they will create the foundation, and then they'll create the structure, and then they will go through there with their minds, and they will create the inside. So this is really one of the fantastic things is that this is why there's nothing more you can do better here on earth is to discipline your mind, right? Yes, work, work for stuff, make sure your family's okay. You don't have to give all your money away. You don't have to wear a hair shirt or go into a cave. You know, try to just be honorable as much as you can. But in the meantime, as you're going through this stimulus, this class, this 
campus called Earth, try and try and really get your your brain so you you think positive, you think nice thoughts for people, positive thoughts. You 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 don't use sarcasm. This is really one of my things. I was very very sarcastic. I'm trying to re cut that out completely. You 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 support people at work. All of those things that is not part of our culture, unfortunately. I mean, we would like it to be more, but it's it's you know, especially in work nowadays, where people grade on the curve. And and I was a middle manager, and I had to do this much to my uh, embarrassment, where you had to put okay, if you had ten people working for you, well, two of them had to be given the lowest the lowest ratings, and you know they have to be fired because you have to. You have to fire 10% of the people every year, which I think is ridiculous because I kept arguing that there are jobs people can do. They may not be better than those other nine people, but there are jobs people can do that this person likes and does. And the other people wouldn't want, they'd quit anyway. So, but they didn't care. That was, you know, there's always one more fad in management that usually has some sort something to do with hurting your employees. So, but, you know, and I was part of that too. I totally confess. And I, I tried to, uh, you know, as, as my old boss used to say, you know, you were a middle manager, middle manager suck up. And, and I was certainly that until I finally decided, nah, I, and I just try, tried to become a individual contributor and my best years, my last years at work where I was just an individual contributor and I didn't have to hurt anyone by drinking the Kool-Aid of management and then forcing it down. Now, are these people horrible? No, they're, you know, they're, but they're just, they're just people, right? They're just organizations where people would, you know, do anything they can to be promoted because what are the rewards of promotion in a big American corporation? You make a lots of money. The, the money is, is very appealing. There's no doubt about that. Stock options, um, the, you know, they'll make, lots and you know you just have to tell yourself that it's not that important and but that's all up to you if you can do it in an honorable way god bless you so anyway so he's talking about the guillotine of course then the slices kept reuniting and that's what happens there's another article uh another uh, in the book paul and albert by g val owen uh, a, a person who was a doctor went into the lower zone and he was put up against a, a rock and tortured and they sliced him open and chilled people's liver and his heart and threw his parts in the cave. Of course he woke up and he was back together again because it just proves that we are a mental construct, right? Is that these parts of us, this paraspirit, which is what our outer looking looks like is that, you know, okay, that is who we are. In fact, let me show this slide of what, because this is a good one to show people what I'm talking about. There we go. So this is really what we are composed of. The spirit, which is, which really is us, right? We're a, we are a logical construct. And yet we have, and we have been, we have been fashioned from this primitive beginning. And we just survived as a lower, you know, animals, you know, bacteria, whatever you want to say, until we were given the ability to be in a human, which means that we had free will before we just lived by instinct, just like, you know, 
your typical rat or whatever, you, 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 you're there in pursuit of food and survival. Then we are given, we are given our free will. Now, that spirit is connected to our physical body by the paraspirit. And that paraspirit covers our body like an invisible diving suit. And it goes into every cell in our body. And that is a connector. In fact, when people have NDEs, they say, well, I saw the silver cord behind me. And that silver cord, in fact, other people have talked about that. Even in the Bible, when John and Revelation said there was a, you know, a, a silver cord, I think, if I remember. Could be in the wrong place. But that silver cord is the attachment between the paraspirit and the spirit. And that is your pipeline of all the data going through. So if you think, like, God, I'm not very smart, or God, I wish I was, you know, whatever, you are... All spirits are created equal. It's not like in, in on earth where we say all men are created equal, but we really mean equal under the rights of the law. It's you are created equal. You can be as smart as, you know, if there's Einstein's a spirit, if you wanted to focus and put your energy, you can be as smart as Einstein the spirit. No doubt about it. That's your, it's up to your free will and your dedication. But remember now, we're this kind of lesser thing because the our great brains and our and the the huge amount of data we have as a spirit and access to not just within ourselves is constrained on that pipeline and constrained by going through this physical brain and that is all for a purpose now is it fair I mean, we could be a lot better on earth if we had all our resources of our spirit no because it is fair because why are we on earth on earth you are here to to really modify your personality and your character, modify your behavior. That's what I'm saying. The most important things rewire their brain. Because when you die and you get free of this diving suit and you'll go back and your paraspirit will be the, the, the apparent exterior, the facade that you wish it to be, and but your personality will still be there. It's your personality that will change. You're not here to be smart. You're not here to be rich. You're not here to be dominant. You're here to modify yourself to become a better person. You're here to rip out the primitive emotions and replace them with higher emotions. Now, if you don't do that and you're still full of primitive emotions and that's really what's important to you, well, guess what? You go where the officer is gone. You know, you go to that place. So let me carry on with what the officer said. So then he said, the people in, district, in this district also reenact, as so far as they can, the chief episodes in the worst period of the revolution. In particular, they held blasphemous parodies of religious services, as they did then, and continue to repeat the famous festival of reason, bowing down in mock solemnity before the original prostitute who on earth received their plaudits. And of course, this is you see this as... Uh, example of, of what we're seeing now in our culture where these people that say you know they just want to destroy anything to do with um religion and, and that's saying and that's you know christianity islam buddhism hindu is the people who are just reject reject anything of a superior spiritual nature and why do they reject that is because Oh, okay, hold me, just finish this button, I'll get to your, your question, uh, Paul. They reject that because, because they don't want to have to know that there is a, there's no such thing, I should say, as relative morality. 
there is morality, there is within our conscience. And in fact, this question goes exactly into what I want to say. So the question is, this discussion is answering some of the long-standing questions I have about reincarnation. Specifically, how much of your personality carries over? And the answer is all of it. But let's talk from different angles. Carries over from physical to spiritual, you know everything. You are who you are when you die. That's a certainty. Now, you now let's say when you go into your next life. Now, what is given to us by by God and the spirit world is when is now people complain to me, say, well, how can I know? How can I pay for my past wrongs? I don't know what I did. Well, you have to have faith. The spirit world is so smart. They know how to, to exercise that stimuli. But what you do have and what you can analyze is this. You are given two things when you come on earth, your conscience and your instincts. Your instincts are built up through thousands and thousands of lives and years. And, and as you get better and better, you'll know to rely on those instincts. And in fact, as an example, in some previous life, you did something bad financially. And what will usually will happen is in this life, you'll have the opportunity again to do something, but then your instinct will tell you, uh, don't do that. That's, that's wrong. And that's also where your conscience clicks in because you're also given your conscience, which is a set of divine laws. Everybody has a conscience. And again, this is why I'm saying these people on earth who want to reject all religion, they're tired of their conscience stressing them out. And it does, right? Because what causes stress? What causes stress is when you're doing something that you know is wrong. Now, you can say something like, here, I'm losing my job and I'm broke and I'm going to lose my house. That causes stress, right? But those are situations. But the most situations that cause you stress is when you're trying to do something a little bit under the table, or you're trying to car you know, carve an angle to get yourself something more. And your conscious is saying, eh, I don't think it's a good idea. And then you feel the stress, right? Or you're lying to your boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other, something like that. And that is telling you that, and this is why these people try to deny it. And that, that they're eventually, they won't be able to in one life or the other. And that's why they try to say, no, there's no nothing superior. There is relative morality. Well, there's not. There is morality and do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Don't destroy people's property. You know, even the spirits book I was reading today is, you know, the Alan Kardec asked, you know, if someone earned that property, honestly, you know, do you have a right to defend that property? And the spirit said, yes, if you earn that property, honestly, no one has the right to take that property away from you. So no one has the right to destroy your store, or your house or graffiti, your house or any of that. They don't have that right. No matter what they think they're protesting. The end, a lot of people think the end justifies the means. No, the means justify the ends. And that is what is important. So I hope that helps. Yes, I said, yep, you're already answering it. So I hope that helps. And if you have any other questions, please feel free to ask. Because that came in exactly at the perfect time. So uh, where was it? Oh, yes. They mocked down in solemnity before the original prostitute. So again, they were trying to deny uh, a, a superior um structure upon this earth and you know i spent that time doing that too until i you know my wife told me my future that i you know, with such specificity as to be 
impossible to ignore and it really happened that's when i said oh there's somebody there's there's a whole organization telling me what's going to happen in my life i better find out about this so anyway you never know so i'll go back to the officer he's more exciting than i am having obtained this and more information i drew up my plan of campaign and then advanced into the enemy's country as we did so we endeavored to do as much damage as possible to the houses and people we met while we tortured and made slaves of the latter, we endeavored to utterly destroy the former. We were able to do this so long as we were near the forms of the buildings. But as soon as we moved on to some other area and ceased to be interested, the buildings reappeared. So, like ourselves, they are forms and so indestructible. They merely seem to disappear because our wills are stronger than those of the owners for the time being. But as soon as the stronger person's will alters, or as soon as it ceases to think about them, they resume their original shape. Again, a, a very actually well-written paragraph on the thought ability in the spirit world. So the owner wants that building and he thinks that building is a form. Other people with stronger wills come say, nope, I'm going to destroy that shape. And then they go and they, they forget a fact about the fact they destroyed that shape. And then the original owner says, nope, I want my house back and here, here it comes. And again, it's just like, as I've said before, spirits will create something and it will be there. And, and as I, as the spirits have told us, you can't think of time, right? Don't think of time in the spirit world. Think of duration. And so in duration, just like these houses there, durations are, duration is there for as long as you want. There is no degradation, right? That is like you, you cut a flower and a flower doesn't decay and, and, you know, the petal goes down. Instead, what happens is after a time period, it fades away. So that is, that's again, and just as I talk about in the first levels of heaven, right? These are all mental projections. And these higher spirits will come and create this whole environment. And it will then be there. And then people come there and they absorb into it. It's, it's the same thing. Like a lot of people say, you know, in heaven, you create, you know, when you die, you create your own, your own heaven, you create your own thoughts. Right. And there's a lot of truth to that. But the fact is there's the stronger wills and they've created this environment and you are not like an Island, right? Because especially in the spirit world here, we're much more alone in the physical universe in the spirit world thoughts come, you hear these thoughts. And so everyone's thinking that there's a lake there there's a lake and there's a beautiful palace. And you think, oh, yeah, there's a lake and it's a beautiful palace because you you are absorbed into the group think. You have to be very strongly willed to say, no, I want that palace destroyed. I don't want a lake there. I want a desert. Now, you could go somewhere and create logically in your own area. But, I mean, it's it shows you that you really, you can start to conform and you think these are all normal. That's why so many people, when they die, they don't know they're dead. In fact, I have a whole, you know, programs on, on I, I talked to this one medium who knew that in a previous life, she was one of those people that helped people understand that they were dead. And, you know, and I've, I've been in mediums meetings, right? So when people die, they'll go home and they go, they'll go, hello, hello, you know, hi, mom and dad, or, or, you know, our wife or husband or, or, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And they won't talk to me, right? They don't, they don't listen to me. They don't see me, well, of course, because you are, you're dead and you're in a different, kind of a different plane, you're a different dimension. And they don't see you and because you think you have your parent spirit you think hey i can feel myself 
but you can go through walls, you can go through doors. That's, you know, it's all that. That's why that movie uh, Sixth Sense was so good. And it really kind of showed how people, how people thought. If you should look at that from the, uh, from the point of view of a spiritist. Okay, so again, he's, the officer said, it's similar to the fact that the emperor can compel people to assume the forms of animals. In like manner, we compelled these forms to vanish. But as soon as the will that had made them vanish was withdrawn, they resumed their normal shape. We thus advanced rapidly into the enemy country, and ere long saw the enemy's forces mustered along a ridge. I should explain that there was some open country between the city in which the emperor reigned and Paris of the Revolution. Okay, so it was two different cities. It was not really extensive, but it was sufficient to act as a barrier between the two spheres of influence. It was created and retained by the determined will of Danton, or otherwise it would have been covered with houses. It is utterly impossible to give you even approximate measurements, as space in your sense does not exist. However, it was large enough to enable two great armies to carry out all the complicated evolutions needed in a battle. The ground itself was the most dreary waste it is possible to imagine. It was black and burnt up, and as it was covered with ashes. There were two ranges of hills, and Danton had taken a position on the further, while we occupied the ridge nearest to the Emperor's city. Overhead, as it always in in hell, the air was black and the atmosphere dense with as a fog. We were, however, by now able to perceive each other in spite of the fact that there was no light. Again, this is this seconds the fact of the light becomes dimmer and dimmer the farther you go down away from the levels of heaven. And it, you know, and it's very dim down here in the, the dark abyss, and it's dim here on earth. The spirits who come to see us from on high. And of course, that's why when people say they see angels and they see this like fuzziness, like when people then to ease, they say, I couldn't make out the couldn't make out their face, and there's all fuzzy, but it was an angel, right? Because you, you see this bright light coming from them, and you can't tell are those wings, you can't tell if they have hands, feet, you can barely tell if they have a face, right? Depending on their level. And that's because they come from such a brighter level. Now, if you're at the same level as that angel, they look at normal person to you. But the fact they come at a lower level where this person at NDE or whatever, they look all bright. And even then, they're probably trying to stop their brightness so you can at least make them out. But, they, you know, they hadn't done it all the way. And that brightness isn't light, light emanating from them. It's their reflection of the love. So the more love you have inside you, the more you reflect the love from the environment created by God in the spirit universe. And it, it's that reflection that is the brightness. So he goes, and he goes, and I grouped my heavy guns in three main divisions. And then JW, the medium, goes, you had guns? You have artillery in hell? And the officer said, certainly. Where do you suppose the forms of all weapons of destruction, which men are forever inventing, go, if not to hell? There's no place for them in the realm of half-belief. They must go somewhere. Well, they come to hell. Now, the really interesting feature about the matter lies in this. Men who on earth have never used rifles or indeed any modern weapons are almost entirely unable to use them. These weapons are forms, and the pain which they inflict in hell is mental. It appears very similar to physical pain, for it, that is the easiest way for us to appreciate it. A man who on earth knew nothing of the effects of a rifle would find it here, find it next to impossible to imagine it. 
he would certainly not impose that kind of pain on another, and he would not easily susceptible to it as imagined by another. A man on earth who had heard how a bullet hurts will be able to impose that type of suffering on another or realize it when another tries to impose it on him. But the man who can both inflict and suffer most keenly such pain is the man who has on earth actually undergone that particular torment. Hence, it often comes about that the most fiendish torturers here are those who were tortured on earth. If they die unforgiving, they are enabled by the very pains they have suffered to retaliate on their old oppressors to a most appalling degree. So again, this is backed up by writings within uh, by the mediums, spiritual wonderful mediums, Chico Xavier by Andre Luis, where he was at a, a level on the lower zone and he had this kind of outpost here to help people rise into one of the lower levels of hell. And they were attacked by cannons that would just shoot like fear and pain. And of course, within this outpost, they had uh, defenses against that. So it's all, all these things are there. It, you know, it's, you know, hell really is just like, like, this is what he's talking about. It's, he, it's just you know, like warlords and gangs. So, and then the officers told the, the medium, so is that quite plain? He goes, JW goes, yes, I think so. A parallel case, this is the medium talking, on earth is found to be in hypnotism. I gather that a hypnotist can make his patient suffer sensations and pains according as he wills it. He can make him taste a piece of lemon placed not in his own, but in the hypnotist's mouth. So too can, he can impose pain, especially pain associated with the nerves and contrary wise. Take away the pain which the patient is really feeling. And the officer said, precisely. It is, of course, the same power, but it can only be used on the earth plane to a limited extent because matter interferes. Still, by careful study and practice, much more might be done on those lines than is. I should add, this power can be used both to help and to harm others. Many of the ceremonies of black magic are based on this principle. Thus, the wax doll with pins driven into the spot where the lung should be was merely utilized as the means by which the magician, magicians could concentrate his mind on that of the enemy and then cause him to suffer the same pain as he pretended to inflict on the wax doll. It was, of course, easier to cause the pain by producing disturbances in the mental or, at any rate, the nervous system. Still, there have been a few men of transcendent willpower who are able to affect matter direct, for at its highest, mind is, of course, more powerful than matter. Such cases are rare on the earth plane, but become more general on this plane, and that's, of course, because we are severely limited in this human body. That's for a purpose. It's for us to change our character, not for us to... Uh, become great founts of willpower. And then the officer said, you will thus realize that each body of troops employed those weapons which were familiar to it. And in the like manner, for the most part, those who know nothing of shot and shell were unhurt by them. The latter rule is not so absolute as the former, for a few men of exceptional willpower were able to inflict this type of pain of which they knew upon some weakered willed among those who did not. They were, however, comparatively few. Now, though, we had cannon, we had no horses, for horses are animals with each a separate soul and not forms only like an animate object. The difficulty was partly surmounted by compelling a large number of spirits to assume the form of horses, some to draw the cannon, others to act as mounts for the cavalry. I was here copying the emperor's methods and found it a most useful move as it did not occur to Danton. 
I believe, moreover, his willpower was not sufficient to enforce such a command to any considerable extent. There are few things the spirits in hell hate more than being obliged to lose, even temporarily, their original form. To their materialistic minds, it seems that they are losing their identity. So that is the end of what we're talking about next week on Tuesday. Of course, what I say, we have our um, our uh, next Tuesday at the same time, 5 p.m., we will talk about the actual battle. So if you want to learn more um, about spiritism and the spirit world, first, I would say uh, read the Spirits book by Alan Kardec. You can get that in PDF. And in fact, I am... On my YouTube channel, Bitchute channel, I am doing an audible book of the Spirits book, if you like listening to it in audible, but I would recommend you read it too. Get your PDF. You can buy it on Amazon too also, or any other bookstore. Um, it's fairly inexpensive. If you go to my blog and you click the picture of Alan Kardec up on the upper right-hand corner, it'll take you to a Spiritist bookstore. You can order it from them also. So I would recommend you uh, read that book. It gives you so much inf uh, information, just remarkable. But if you want to know more about heaven and the spirit world and all about that and, you know, the dark abyss, I recommend you actually you read my series of three, uh, of three books. Book one is Heaven and Below, which talks about what is heaven like and then what is the lower zone and what is the dark abyss, the hell we're talking about here. And then I also have a section on Jesus Christ, who is the leader. Now, there are other wonderful religious, you know, Buddha, Socrates, these type of people, Confucius, they were all sent by Jesus to, to bring the same words. And that's why you see so many um, comparative similarities within other religions of the world. They were brought to teach people other things. So, um, but Jesus Christ was is the leader of the spirit world. He's like our governor, our CEO, and he he's alive. He talks. He motivates people. It's it's amazing, and he's got powers you can't believe. So um, there's it's uh, you know they the spirits tell us that you know you know your your idea of Jesus is you know it's not it's okay, but. He's so much more than what you believe, and you need to understand Jesus completely. Now, my second book is Spirit and Spirit Universe. I talk about, about spirits and what are spirits? What are you? So you need to know what you're going to be. And it talks about how you learn the spirits, how you graduate from level to level, right? Every level in heaven, there's multiple levels around the earth. And I only know very little about levels of heaven beyond the earth there's you know because each planet that's that is, is is inhabited has its own levels and levels of heaven and then there's levels of heaven that go around the solar system and the galaxy and all that so there's so much more out there and in fact spirits tell us that even when you're in the spirit world if you think you're going to die and know who god is because you're not it's god is even we don't understand god yet you have to be much higher to really understand you know God and communicate with God, right? It's just so it's beyond. So it's it tells you a lot about what spirits are, what spirits do, and you know, and that. And then my uh, last book in the series, I have other books too. You, you can see them, but I wanted to at least show people these these books. Is how we are guided by spirits, and it talks about 
how spirits guide us individually, nationally, the earth, and also talk about the future of the earth and what we are going to be. Because right now we are a planet of atonement. What's that? What does that mean? It means that we're in this world with chaos and bad things happen to good people and good things happen to the bad people for a reason. We are here to pay for past wrongs. We are here because we have to go through these, you know, these classes to rip out our primitive emotions, hate, envy, jealousy, you know, and replace them with love, fraternity, charity, and honesty. And it's done that by putting us through trials and tribulations. And they elicit um, um, either sorrow, happiness, emotions to us for us to then deeply analyze our character and then make modifications, right? Because most people don't make modifications to their character if they just live a happy life and drink in, you know, and, and drink, you know, mo you know, tequilas or whatever, caparinas on the beach. Why, why would you change yourself yourself if you're just laying on the beach chair with the sun and an umbrella and have food taken to you? There's no reason. No, you're changed because you have stimuli that causes you to change. And that's why you don't need to know exactly what happened to you in a previous life because they will make sure you understand the stimuli it's going through. Now, you can analyze what's happening to you and say, oh, okay, well, I lost all that money. I must have taken that money from someone else, right? Because I, for myself, I've said this before. Every time I've gotten like a big payout when a company was bought or, you know, whatever, um, I always lost it. I didn't gamble it away. I didn't use drugs, none of that stuff. I thought I made good stock market picks. Of course, they were stupid. And I thought I was conservative. And of course, it still didn't work. So and I thought, oh, okay, I understand. I'm not here to make money. I'm here because. And then finally, after I went through all this, I was at some mediums meetings. I was told that I had taken money from people in the past. In fact, when I was in charge of large organizations, I cared more about myself than, than the, the citizens under me and so here i am so anyway i want to say thanks everyone for being with me tonight and please subscribe hit the bell give me a comment and um i will see you next week we were here every every um sunday and tuesday at 5 p.m eastern god bless